Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the 413 Podcast, featuring the one and only PCB Boys. Hello, everyone. Yo! We are here on a Sunday evening, talking wrestling. I think uh, it's pretty... Uh, Today's Monday. That we all... Oh, yeah, it's Monday. You're right. Sorry. Okay, we're here on a Monday. Reliving the Monday Night Wars. We are reliving yeah, the Monday Night true. Wars. I mean, Raw's on right now, isn't it? Most likely. It's a uh, very... Well, it might be Silk Stockings on by now, actually. <laughs> then, right? Silk Stockings was such a good show. That was like, the original SVU. Anyway, uh, it's evident that we all grew up wrestling fans. I don't know that we've uh, necessarily stayed in touch completely, maybe except for Bill. Bill's wearing his full yeah. AEW gear. Um, but we were kind of reminiscing about you know some of our favorite uh, wrestlers growing up um, from the 80s and 90s. And we decided, um, well, Bill came up with a great idea. So, Bill, why don't you run us through what we're doing tonight? So, uh, I, I was thinking, hey, one of my favorite things uh, back in the 90s and the 80s uh, was wrestling faction stables. And I like that you mentioned AEW, they're doing a lot more stable action. Um, but like the typical four horsemen style where you got your awesome badass tag team, you got your up and comer, you got your enforcer. And of course, you got your Ric Flair, your your main eventer, your world champion type. Woo! I think that's right. That's right. I, I thought uh, that'd be a really fun thing to to pick our favorites uh, from the uh, the '80s and '90s that era. You know, the ones that we all grew up on. Um, and then uh, Eric, Andy, and Jared all came up with a really cool idea of let's pare it down even more. Let's do Let's do our own faces, heels, uh, WCW, WWF, like really break it down a bit. So I'm excited to see what we all uh, come up with on this. Yeah, and we're we're not the best researchers by any means, so yeah. I think we're we're doing this from memory. And so this is gonna we're not be, gonna uh, know. <laughs> the bottom tier list for sure. But I guess the good news is we're not gonna talk too much about all the specifics because I don't know how many times uh, X person held the title and all of their best feuds. But um, you know, certainly remember like growing up and the people who really caught caught our attention. You know that. Um, were great, memorable, and I think that's sort of the point here. Is we're trying, we're trying to create like what was a good, memorable experience, and um, so the the teams are broken up. Um, we've got the WWF side, which is myself and Jared, and we've got the WCW side, Andy and Bill. Um, I'll be taking the heels while Jared is taking the faces, and then we've got good old Bill Babyface taking the faces on the WCW side. Oh yeah. Candy Man's over here taking the side of WCW heels. Once again, I don't want, I, I could just take the edit from you last week, Andy, but I think it's going to be an interesting list. I think it's going to be an interesting list <laughs> for me. Again, so I think we should just get right into it because otherwise, I'm going to edit out a lot of bullshit of us talking. <laughs> Yeah, let's do hours. it. So uh, let's let's get right into it. All right, so we're going to start with uh, Jared giving us his uh, tag team on the WWF face side. I'm going to go with the Bushwhackers. 
Hell yeah! Wow, that's a normal pick. <laughs> Jump out at anybody, I'm sure. Not an impressive tag team per se, but I think what they lack in wrestling ability, they bring in uh, stage presence, ring presence, oh, and oh, enthusiasm. Uh, yeah, they, I think they bring that crowd, the crowd into they, it pretty. They've heavily, got the showmanship so. for the sure. The fans, they have the fans on their back because there was not a person in the arena that when they came out didn't stand and cheer. Do you they think were loved? They could do, uh, Freebird rules and have Steve Urkel come in too because didn't they <laughs> uh, come in and Family Matters and uh, lick Steve's face? So. Oh wait, probably that was the thing, wasn't it? Yeah, so I'm <laughs> pretty sure that happened. Urkel coming in for the save, <laughs> right. Eric. You better watch out, bro. Um, they I'm were sure. loved, Jared. Great pick because I would have picked them if I was doing faces uh, for a tag team. I don't think they were ever the tag team champs. If they were, not for a long time. No, I think they set the record for the fastest um, uh, elimination of a Royal Rumble, though. <laughs> they got right. thrown out pretty quick. <laughs> Both of them. And, and being a, There's a pretty stiff competition for that, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just being a wrestling geek here, though, that, uh, they were also known as the Sheep Herders, and they were actually a really, really skilled tag team. Like They had one of the bloodiest matches ever. Oh, jeez. It's it's strange to see that their WWF personas and like when they were the sheep herders. Yeah, like, they actually were good wrestlers. You could tell they, they had were, good uh, they had good technical ability, but they didn't let them. They didn't let them really wrestle. I feel like I just I thought their matches were, were almost more gimmicky, but they were they were Vince. a bad team. They were that's so they were so because Vince does that to tag teams though. He always always shit on his tag team division. Where WCW didn't, and WCW always had better tag matches and cruiserweight matches. All right, Andy, Let's stop go. advocating for your for your group here. <laughs> nice try. All right, damn it, Ted Turner, why'd you have to sell? So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna make my selection now. I'm up for the tag team from the heel side of WWF, and this might be a slightly controversial one because I think that. If you just think back and remember this, you're like, good guys, right? But my choice also sort of started out as its own stable. Um, under manager Jimmy Hart had the Hart Foundation. Yes! And so again, yeah, so there are different, different uh, evolutions of the Hart Foundation, but I'm going with Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. And Jimmy Hart as the manager, no relation. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Interesting, but no relation. <laughs> he, he was not one of Stu's kids, no. <laughs> Def, definitely not. Um, Stu Gats. They were a very hated tag team at the beginning. They, they, oh, they feuded a lot against the British Bulldogs, who were beloved amongst the WWF uh, fans. And so um, they, again, a team that I think they brought um, a certain level of skill to the ring. Bret Hart was was indeed the excellence of execution. Great wrestler. Did not have the stage persona, though. Um, was very minimal. But Jimmy and Neihart was full of charisma. He gave that dude a microphone, and he wanted to listen to him. Um, I was watching this backstage uh, 
thing. I think it was for, for Survivor Series. And um, they were like, Bret Hart was trying to come up with some ideas of what they were going to say. And so Jim Dean and Bloodhearts are stroking his goatee. And they come up with this saying, and I think it was something like, um, what was it? Something like, we're going to get hungry and forget our manners or something. <laughs> and they like keep repeating it. And he's like, yeah. And he's like really into this. And you can just tell it the way he keeps like spinning it as he's like rehearsing it back for Brett that it's just like, he's really going to go out and nail this line. And so um, I just thought like, again, I remember liking them so much just because Brett Hart during the time I really watched wrestling was such, um, you know, he was just so well known and so well loved that to think of him as a bad guy was kind of difficult, but going back, that was the history of the tag team. So, um, I got lucky nailing that pick. So, um, the heart foundation, uh, you, you nailed it there. Like one of my favorite feuds of all time was the bulldogs versus the heart foundation. And when Jimmy Hart would hit him with the, uh, megaphone and like, ah, man, just so good. And dynamite kid, Made out of rocks. Boy, it's so fun. And, 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 and the Heart Foundation had like that best um, combination there with you got your, your strong, um, you know, enforcer with the Neidhart, and then you have the best technical wrestler, like probably ever. Yeah. With uh, Heart. Like, he it just was, ran, he uh, ran so And then you have the mouthpiece with, uh, with uh, Jimmy Hart, like, how does it get better than that? Indeed. We're gonna have to try, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I beat. Well, uh, Bill, you're up with uh, the uh, very difficult face face selection of WCW, but this one's actually not very difficult. This right. one, uh, they they still uh, reference it to this day. Um, if you get a, a big reaction, it's called the road warrior pop mm -hmm. the road warriors i say could be the best tag team ever they were just uh, just annihilated people and some of the sure. best costumes so i'll say yeah and, yeah. and the and coming out with like the uh, spikes. spikes the mohawks and like just badass just in, in any territory they went to they just Tore it up. Um, yeah, Road Warrior is definitely my pick. Um, they, they could be kind of tweeners sometimes. They could, uh, they could do some rough stuff, but yeah. Chicago street fights with uh, uh, the Road Warriors. <laughs> Can't get better. Yeah, I mean, they, I think they did, they, they did a good job because I think as a kid, you look at it from the perspective of like, if you're too young to like understand a lot of what's going on, you see cool costumes, you see sort of like, these scary the dudes flashy stuff. badass. Yeah, you're like, wow, like this is really cool. Like, and you're like face paint and mohawks and all, you know, like you're kind of like you kind of you get drawn to that like sort of bad boy image, but a team that were the good guys, you know. They, yeah. And had the coolest finisher maybe ever, you know. If somebody on your uh shoulders jump off the top rope with a whole oh, line, right? Didn't the Steiners do that as well, though? Wasn't that one of their? But it was for Ty, right? No, they had the. This would do a, a bulldog off of uh, yeah. the top rope. Yeah. Didn't the Hardys have something like that? But they would do opposite directions. Uh they did. A, they had the poetry in motion. Would one of them would uh, 
get down on all fours and the other one would jump yeah. off. Yeah. Of okay. That's what it was. Uh, the spawn on bomb from uh, Jeff. Mm. I want to see what this heel team. I I think I know what it is. You know what it is. There's only one amazing WCW heel tag team. A tag team that when you heard their music or when you heard that someone else had to fight them, you were scared to death for that team. And it was the Outsiders. Kevin yeah. Nash and Scott fucking Hall. I mean, you can even remember when Scott Hall was gone when he left for a bit and then when he came back how the crowd went insane being like oh my god the outsiders are going to get back together they just were a perfect tag team because they were both bruisers scott hall and kevin nash could really both talk on the mic if they needed to and they were just the perfect heel tag team they cheated to win if they needed to and they had skill in the ring they revolutionized the game too i mean that whole angle of wait these are wwf wrestlers at wcw they're not saying why they're here only to take over like yeah that's a great i mean i think the the point i'll make though to to go against that is that i felt like and maybe this is why andy picked him on his team but i felt like they were just too powerful you know what i mean like Diesel himself, you know, um, when he was in the WWF was like that. Like, he was just like an overpowering champion. And I think you put those two together. They were both fairly clumsy wrestlers, I think. Um, But I think putting them together, like, you could certainly see that they were like a a kind of a bro bond. Like, you could tell they were probably friends and they hung out and stuff. But um, I just thought that it made it so difficult. They didn't have enough of that dynamic where there was like, you know, th- that wild card factor in there. They were just like two totally dominating wrestlers on a tag team. But that's like, what was so scary about them was that WCW had really good tag teams. They were both. And then you had this heel powerhouse tag team, which usually the heel was not the powerhouse. It was always the face had the advantage. And then you had these tag team matches where they were great matches against the outsiders but you're like when you're a kid you're looking at it and you're like oh my god like like the steiners or something they're coming up yeah. this hill to go at these two massive guys and they're at a disadvantage so it makes you cheer for your face even more because they they have like this mountain to climb because you're like what is this like yeah but oh you always you, you wanted to root for the good guys but you knew that they were not going to win it was like yeah <laughs> It was such a like the WCW did such a switch on it, like where it was like no way, like the heels are the dominant ones here, and it really kind of like when you watched it, you really rooted for your your face, your your heroes, your faces even more because you were like, no, you got to save WCW well, that's from a, these it, guys. It's a break but the illusion the that the good guy just wins every time. Yes, exactly. But the, the and the, is this really being taken over by yeah Vince and wwf are they really sending their yes. wrestlers because it, it's a yes. cool thing to do also you put two singles wrestlers together and call it a tag team yeah <laughs> i i just got a question for andy and eric did either of you think of uh arn anderson and tolly blanchard as a as your tag team or i did consider them yes no nope. right yeah i 
I did. Arn Anderson. But uh, it was the fear factor of the of the outsiders that I really just brought that nostalgia of. You know, well, I was like, I. They also, I feel like they were one of the first tag teams, or I guess maybe even some of the first wrestlers that really split the audience. Yeah, because I feel like historically the heels again were the people that you you really hated, but. People liked the badassery of the outsiders and people actually liked him and rooted for him. So I feel like they didn't take on that typical like heel role in the sense that they had a lot of fanfare and it wasn't just like, you know, like the Rick Rudes of the day or something where they had women that were like so into them, even though they were complete assholes. It was like they had a ton of fans. They people really liked them. I think that that might also be kind of like being up here in the Northeast though, because like a lot of the times when they were down in the Southern part of the territory, like just watching all the, the debris and stuff, they'd be thrown into the, uh, into the ring when uh, the outsiders and Hogan would be out there for the NWOs. Yeah. From the comfort of my couch, they were great. Yeah. I, I agree. Like uh, Samurai Fallout, we wrote a song about, <laughs> about them mm-hmm. and uh you know we uh they even wrote that great book about them yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> i think patrick swayze played uh kevin nash in the movie <laughs> stay gold kevin nash <laughs> stay gold diesel boy <laughs> well he was oozing machismo all right anyway we're on to the next round, the enforcer, and we've got a WWF selection from Jared. I uh, went with Macho Man Randy Savage. Ooh, good pick. He's Ooh, more of a wild card too. He's like that's why I wasn't sure kind of where to put him. That kind of fit. I was like, uh, I'm gonna go with it. That Rap album. Oh yeah. Get Cage the Madness. Good pick, Jer. I like that a lot. He actually was a good wrestler, too. Oh, yeah. He was, uh, you know, like... Oh, the whole Elizabeth fiasco. <laughs> um, he was a good baseball player, too. Was he really? Good yeah. actor, too. Yeah. Definitely good announcer. Yeah, back in the early 90s, yeah. He killed like it. 93. Still yep. sells the hell out of some cured meats. Very true. Have a new Slim Jim. Bone saw is ready and an actor. <laughs> true. Triple threat. Love it. Love it. Macho man. Um, I've got a choice here for enforcer. Um, hope I'm not stealing anyone's thunder. Um, I kind of went with an interesting route here because um. I went with a big boy, right? Because I wanted I wanted some 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 heavyweight on my team, um, but agile, like a fox in the ring. All right, he just moved. He moved quickly. He was not afraid to get on the top rope. He was four hundred plus pounds, and he had head tattoos and. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say greetings from Asbury Park, Bam Bam Bigelow. Ooh, yes, good one. Um, 
I know that he bounced around. He, we had him in WCW, ECW, did a lot of Japanese circuits, but um, in his stint in the WWF, even though they didn't give him a great storyline. Um, Was I it feel lightning like bolts on his head or bombs? Fire, I thought. It flames. Flames? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he probably had other tattoos, but yeah, I just feel like they didn't find the right groove for him in, in WWF per se, but I felt like when he was there, like, you know, you didn't, you didn't want to fuck with him essentially, you know, like he was, he was scary enough. He had, he had some really good matches, even though he got beat by Lawrence Taylor with a flying yeah. arm off of a second rope. First of all, LT really couldn't climb up to the top rope. How much <laughs> did they pay you to be there? 500,000. You couldn't, but anyway, right. Great heights. Even though he had the, the most hideous girlfriend uh, of all time, Luna Vashon, um, he's still, <laughs> Oh, I love Luna. Well, of course you do. I remember. <laughs> I like goth Luna, like in the late nineties. Fair enough. Of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> you would. Can I throw some things in there for uh, Bam Bam? Because yeah. he was actually seeing that I kind of fucked up my list. Uh, <laughs> I I have some things. Um, a couple things. Uh, do y'all remember when he was in ECW? Uh, Fighting Taz in New uh, in they New Jersey. The ring. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the coolest spots ever. Oh, totally. Also, uh, on July fourth, two thousand, he saved three kids in New Jersey from a burning building, and forty uh, percent of his body got uh, second degree burns. Oh wow! Yeah, not only was he, Bill, I he, feel like I just he's, just, he's a just hero. A to... I feel like I feel like you're just describing the outsiders. <laughs> 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 you're just describing the. You've taken a Bam Bam Bigelow. And you're describing the plot from the Outsiders. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's awesome. I actually yeah, didn't know no, that he was. He was awesome, man. And like you said, Bret Hart also uh, mentioned. He said he was the best big man to ever lace up boots. Uh, Bam Bam's a great pick. He uh, he was just a really. I mean, like again, for a dude his size, like jumping up on the top rope and doing these flying headbutts and stuff. Like um, he didn't need to take aerial assaults there you know he could have done it from the ground but um just phenomenal wrestler and also his promos like he would just be this big guy yelling and it would it was awesome as, as a kid you'd be like whoa i don't want to you were scared you were like oh my god this guy's he's sure. so yeah because you could picture him like at the drive-thru arby's like screaming at the cashier because they didn't give him enough sauces but at the same time like he was also a professional wrestler yeah Screaming at the cashier because he didn't get enough sauces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In his dressing room. All right. Well, Bill, um, hopefully I didn't steal. Well, I guess he never really was a face. So he was never a face. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> this is my problem with the WCW uh, locker Nobody room. Was a face. Nobody was. <laughs> none of the badasses uh, were faces. Um, Oh, man, I really want to. I'm going to go with Rick Steiner. Ooh. Um, yeah. Dog kind of the same dog kind of gremlin. wild card enforcer guy. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It was kind of a wild his, card. His brother was always kind of a douchebag. But the great thing about the Steiners was they're both Michigan men. So that's an obvious pick for me. Easy uh, pick. Easy Big Papa Pump was a great heel. Because yes, he, he was, was a douche. He and was Rick a, was a was a great was a great face. 
he was a great baby face, even if he was a dog face scrambling. He was still a great baby face. <laughs> that top, top rope bulldog was always awesome. When he would, um, you know, uh, mime um, a dog urinating on a, another wrestler, I was found that hilarious. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was really tough in uh, this pick. Like when I get to the up and comers, it's also going to be tough on a different way. Because there's so many awesome uh, baby faces um, on the lower card, but for enforcers, yeah, I'm just I'm glad you didn't. I'm just glad you didn't pick Chris Benoit. <laughs> yeah, yet, yet, that's true. Well, he wouldn't have been in here anyway, right? Did he start in the '80s? He was in the WCW. Yeah, he was in the WCW. Yeah, the '80s. Most of ours are 80s slash 90s. Yeah. So I'm going to go into mine. Mine was a tough one because I was like, do I want to do a wild card or do I want to do an enforcer? Um, I did end up settling on a enforcer, but that's why I have a wild card kind of, um, you know, pick that I'll talk about after. But I picked the perfect enforcer. He was big, round. It's time. It's Vader time. Nice. Oh, I just remember as a kid watching Vader and Sting wrestle and being like, oh, my God, because Vader was a great wrestler for a man of his size. Not even that, just a great wrestler. He was big. You didn't think he was a good wrestler, and he was a phenomenal wrestler. He was awesome. Uh, WWF did not know how to use him. He was great in WCW. I guess I could have used Cactus Jack. Um, Ooh, yeah, because oh, yeah. th- those feuds with Cactus Jack and uh, and uh, Big ba- uh, Big Bad Vader uh, were fucking awesome. Yeah, they I, were. He was the- just he was just great, and he was scary. He, he just he. I mean, like he could take down other wrestlers. He was hard for the heavyweights to really pick up and manhandle. He was a perfect heel. He's a, a perfect enforcer. Well, I, Andy, I totally echo that because what's funny is that I was going to pick him and I was like, you know what? He was so much better in WCW that if I pick him for WWF, it's just rude. Like, he was not good in WWF. He was great in WCW. So Vince didn't know how to use him. Yeah. That, he was homegrown he was... in WCW, really. And, like, I just, I felt in the, especially in the 90s, WCW was, they just had a lot of better characters. Like, Vince had a lot of great characters too, which I'm sure we'll talk about, who had great feuds and worked well together. But like the WCW crew worked really well together. They jived. And then when you tried to switch him in and out, it didn't, it just didn't work. You know, it would be like taking um, The Rock and throwing him in WCW and thinking he's going to do great. He's not because WCW, those guys worked well together. And when you interchange them, it just didn't fit. Depending. Depending. Depending, but for the most part back then, it really did. Well, I think, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just speculating, but like WWF was around for so long and had this like kind of history to it. And so I feel like they had more of a format where WCW was like, let's just try some shit, you know, like. Yes and no. I mean, WCW had uh, a lot of a lot of the uh, Jim Crockett uh, history. So. It was, it was just the Southern wrestling was different than 
it, it was it used to all be just territories and a lot of WCW was just the Southern wrestling. And, um, and what Vince would do would go to different territories and take like the two or three best performers from each territory, bring them to New York. And, um, you'd always hear like, in like histories of it, like, you know, they, they wouldn't call it by WWF. They would call it New York. Right, and, and they call this the grand New York. So. <laughs> All right. All right, Jared. Yeah. Um, it's uh round three, the up and comer, or you know, maybe the sous chef, so to speak, of your team. Uh, I'm gonna go Bret Hart. I already took him. Did you? Heart foundation. Yeah. I swallowed him up fast. I told you I, I knew I was gonna ruin your well, choice. Part of the I foundation, that's not a single person, that's a whole tag team. You Grab the other heart. Dusty Rhodes. You're gonna yeah, you're gonna have to go with Owen Hart. Sorry, Jared. Owen Hart's a I good would. game. <laughs> Hart's really good. Do you, have yeah. a, do you have a backup for that? Dusty Rhodes. Ultimate Warrior. Which one? Both together it's not tag team though we're doing i know doing the sous chef. don't pull an andy and pick three all right the lord of the rings trilogy all over again your up-and-comer your sous chef is ultimate warrior Interesting. Choice. Yeah, you know <laughs> what you got a really beefy team going you're like you're like a vince mcmahon you're like all the big guys he's playing money ball with the wrestling yeah. wrestlers here <laughs> <laughs> Who else was a face in the WWF in the 90s? Or the 80s, I should say. I would say Junkyard Dog. Yeah. That's a good one. I would have said Shawn Michaels was kind of facey. For the 80s? Party Genetics. Uh, 80s, yeah. 90s, you know. I mean, well, people started loving them. Not the 90s yet. We're still 80s. That's the issue. Well, we're doing like 80s or 90s but i mean we're not doing two we're not doing two rounds we're just doing one round you could pick from the 80s or 90s i've very That's much confused this then because i did one for the oh, 80s no. and one for the 90s which is why oh, i poor doing all that stuff oh no there's gotcha. been uh, frantically crossing things off and uh i'm sorry yeah let's, so do, let's do sean michaels then I mean, it's your pick. I mean, I mean, there, I that mean, was the one I had for the '90s. So let's stick with that because that one for the '80s is already gone. Yeah, because I mean, he did turn face really in the '90s. I mean, and he was—he's great. I mean, he was an amazing wrestler. Just champion for a while, for the whole stint in DX. DX was loved though. People loved the revival DX. back. Yeah. That's what Him and Triple H feuding against the Nation of Domination. <laughs> Classic view. There was some funny stuff. Yeah. Except for the, you know, racism. Fair enough. I mean, well, it's bad. Not what century standard. That's always bad. WWE. Do you have like a, a match that stands out for you, Jared? Shawn Michaels? Well, the Bret Hart one, obviously. The Iron, the Iron Man match. Yeah. WrestleMania 12. Yeah, that's my favorites when he used to wrestle The Undertaker. Yeah. 
when he was always so scared. The whole team yeah. always tried to freak out and dodge a couple attacks first. That first hell in a cell. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Undertaker too. And then Kane comes out. So good. Sweet chin music was always a good one. It always made a good pop when it connected to. Oh yeah. No denial there. All right, Wick. Who is your sous chef or cruiserweight? You got me screwed up because Shawn Michaels was my was my sous chef. He was he was like ninety nine percent heel. So for a heel, yeah, yeah. He was his whole career. I mean, when it was DX, they were more face. They were loved. No, so but again, much. that that was like the anti hero. They were like the anti heroes. Yeah, yeah, they were anti heroes, but still, I mean, I always went face on as how your crowd attacked, how your crowd felt. So if the crowd boos you, your heel. They didn't turn face until Shawn Michaels left. No, he was kind of. Yeah, dude, it was after WrestleMania 14, literally the day after WrestleMania 14, where DX turned face because Shawn Michaels was gone. Yep. I mean, I love Shawn Michaels. Until he came back. Well, until he came back. Whole stint for a while. I've been. For sure. But I mean, I guess he was a face when he cried because he couldn't, he had to drop the title. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, in WrestleMania 12, he was a, a face. It was face versus face, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked him growing up. So, like, to me, he was a face. But when you look yeah. back on the career, like, he was a heel. I mean, he was. I mean, I'm also a big Bret Hart uh, mark. So. Yeah, but I think like the thing about Shawn Michaels is that he had some of those battles where you felt bad for him. Like he battled against Diesel when Diesel was way more of a heel. He battled against um, Sid Vicious or Psycho Sid, whatever you want to call him. Plus, he had a bunch um, of good showings. He won a couple of uh, real rumbles and stuff too, didn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but again, he was he was a little more of of the bad guy during that time. He, women loved him. That was that was the he had the women vote, but. I digress. I'm going to go. So I'm pivoting here on the fly, and it's kind of between two, but um, I'm going with this wrestler because I think he's the epitome of what I would consider to be the Intercontinental Champion. Now, he wasn't the longest to hold the belt by any means because that would also be a good choice. Um, but um, I think he's edging him out a little bit. Um, he had a, a Bobby Heenan, so certainly he was hated because of that. Um, he <laughs> yeah. had a short stint as an announcer. Um, and I think the reason people hated him is that he spoke so highly of himself. Um, and that's because he was perfect. Mr. Perfect. Ooh, love Mr. Perfect. Such a good pick. Oh. You... It's the definition of the heel. Yeah. Or the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Well, yeah, yeah I'm not going to lie. I had, uh, well, I don't want to give it away because we still have picks to do, but I definitely was, was considering uh, considering that. Mr. Perfect is a great pick, though. So great. good. Well, you, you, you just, you, you hated him. He was, he was yeah. again, he was like a Rick Rude type, you know, he just like, he, he just had this like uh, arrogance about him that made you, Made you dislike him, so the perfect. I, like, I almost picked him for my cruiser. I did not, but 
I was really tempted to because I was like, oh my God, because I, I know he was a heel, but I loved Mr. Perfect. I don't know. He was just such a pain in the ass. <laughs> but the Perfect Plex, I always thought it was such a great move. A great move. Even though that's the reason he got, isn't that what hurt his back in the first place? Probably. I thought that's what that they like, said. Why does back. everybody else do it like that? Oh, he probably just, that's he probably just pulled everyone from his, from his large brain was like, <laughs> weighing him down. The curly blonde hair, long blonde hair. Oh my God, Mr. The Titan Tron was awesome. Him uh, with the basketball. Oh, yep. Everything. Oh, yeah, Hitting they, the gun to the crowd. Yeah, they had good, they had good segments with him. Good, yeah. um, yeah. good promo. And, and he was a great announcer, too. He was absolutely great. That's a lot of what I remember is like the not wrestling stuff that he did. The promo things, announcer stuff. Yeah. He sweat a lot too. Total, total package there. Yeah. All right, Bill. I wish I had the heel for this. So I grabbed heels. I, I got face. But I got a really good one. I have a mysterious one. I have one that just changed the game. Still wrestling to this day. He uh, he once was a lawn dart um, by Kevin Nash, but probably the greatest cruiserweight champion of all time. Um, later in the WWE, he became a world champion. Um, I wish I could uh, have picked his compadre, but nope, it's faces, so I'm going to stick with faces. Uh, I'm going Rey Mysterio. Perfect pick. Fucker. <laughs> what a Great awesome. One of the reasons to watch WCW is just for oh, the cruiserweights, and he was the king of the cruiserweights. Dude, Ultimo Dragon's a great pick, too, though. I mean, oh, yeah. Psychosis. But, but for WCW, Rey Mysterio, I think, did did a lot more. Like, Black Machine. Oh, yeah, he did. Did he end but up they, over in WCW? No, he was in TNA. If, yeah. yeah. He ended up at the end. Okay. Yeah, that would. Uh, if we can go into TNA ones, man. Ultimate uh, Dragon, he, uh, I remember he was, uh, couldn't you play um, WCW versus NWO with him? And yes, he did, sir. Like, a bunch of crazy moves. Yeah, they had some, they had some really, I always like to play with those dudes because they just like had so many cool moves. Absolutely. Brought the Lucha Libre style to WCW. What's that like crab thing they do where they like step on the back of their, um, like they have them face down. They step on the back of their hamstrings. They lock their legs around and they grab their arms like the crab kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the something surfboard. Yeah, that one. Oh, that was so cool. Um, an awesome game too. Yeah, I mean that that whole cruiserweight division was just nonstop action. I mean, and Rey Mysterio was right in the middle of it. He absolutely was. Um, to this day, he's still a phenomenal freaking wrestler, and he's one of the, the few pushes Vince did right because he definitely earned it where mm -hmm. he was. He was always he definitely one of my earned that. To watch, I will say. I'm, yeah. I'm going to wait until after you make your pick, but we might disagree with that one of how far he got. I, I think there was a, an event that that kind of pushed him to become a champion, but. That's also I, I always liked him. But I always thought Did he buy I thought he... some condoms or something. Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make him last a little longer. Just trying to help him. So, out. 
my cruiser, it was tough um, because there were a couple of really good heel ones. Um, you know, uh, I definitely could have picked a really easy one to pick, but I, I felt that if it was kind of a young up and comer cruiser, there was nobody better on the mic and nobody you hated more than Chris Jericho. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Lion tamer. He had the yeah. long blonde hair. He was such a cocky shit. And you just Christian hated metal music him. blasting. Yep. You just hated Chris Jericho. If we got to do the, the, the pick, <laughs> that's a good everybody, one. That would have been my uh, main eventer. That guy is a real brief great. stint as a face, too, didn't he? At the end. Uh, yeah. WWF, though. WWF, like, he was more of a face. He never really got to. I guess he technically. No, people hated him in WWF. Hated him in WCW. Oh, yeah. They hated him in WWF. Even when he played he at, against NWO people. I think there's something for I'm trying to think of who People like him now, I think. Like, I think in like the 2000s, like later 2000s, people like him, but I don't I don't think that he was ever like well liked. When he came over to WWF, ago, he for some reason that. got a face pop. I don't know how, but yeah, when he came over when the countdown Y2J, people just loved him. <laughs> he started to heal, but uh, he uh, he had a feud with Stephanie McMahon. For a bit in the late '90s, and it definitely turned him face. Right, because people hate well, like you said, he was so good on the mic. And <laughs> that was, yeah, that's all it took is just to go against. One of my favorites, the man of a thousand holds, and so Jericho when he was feuding with him was the man of a thousand and four holds, and he did <laughs> yeah. that great promo where he's he's going through the list and well, he says armbar about fifteen times. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, everything. The conspiracy victim uh, angle where he gets a letter from uh, Ted Turner. <laughs> uh, just everything that he did. Um, probably my favorite angle for him was he was trying to create an angle against uh, Goldberg. And so he got his own personal security and uh, Ralphus was his uh, personal security guard. Is just this big fat dude. They would wear like a, a tube top shirt that would yeah. say Jericho Security. A, a Bastion Booger esque. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. Um, I don't want to, in case that's someone's pick, it might be Jared's heavyweight. Uh, Andy, <laughs> did you think about uh, yeah. Guerrero? Uh, it came down to uh, Eddie Guerrero or Chris Jericho. Hmm. And. Um, I just I chose Chris Jericho over because you know what I always liked Eddie Guerrero and yeah. when he was big in the WWE I was really happy for him and I was like yeah you know this is well deserved world heavyweight title and like when it came down to the two of them I just felt that at the time Jericho was really just a shit and yeah. Eddie Guerrero I felt like I know he was a heel in the WCW, but I felt like they could have easily faced him if they wanted to because I felt like he had enough likability for it. But I just remember, yeah. But for the, it was, it was a great cruiser. But once again, for WCW, Cruiser is a hard pick because they had so many great faces and so many great heels. Like, heavyweight's a little bit different, but their Cruiser division was solid. Well, they had such a. Um... They had a strong top of the card, and then they had the the, the cruiserweights. the The middle of the card was a little light, and yeah, your your U.S. champ like 
that that was always kind of tough. They, they never, from what I remember, they you know you had your Ravens and your GDPs, but GDP got up to the top at one point. But, but the cruisers were just I loved the cruisers. It was so that first hour they used to put it on there too, so you get all your really good matches. Then you can switch over to the WWF. They <laughs> <laughs> know what you want. And then the yeah, retired WWF wrestlers would come out to right after that hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, uh, switching over to the WWF, uh, let's get on Jared's. Uh, we're on the last round here, so let's wrap it up with the heavyweight champion or your heavyweight, your, your main eventer. Uh, I'm going to throw this one out here first to see. I, I, I'm going to go with The Undertaker. Wow. Uh, I'm going to count him as a, as a face, right? Ah. I don't know. Yeah. That's probably um, the. I don't think he really was face until the 2000s, right? That's why I wasn't sure kind of what timeline. I, definitely WrestleMania 13 when he went against Psycho City was a face. Yeah, I mean, I guess against the against Yokozuna, like, yeah, I think like, that was, that was, yeah, like, was that Royal Rumble ninety three or ninety four or something? Yeah, okay, oh. that was kind of early on. I'm trying to think, I know he not like you could argue he right was now, but and then once they had the whole WrestleMania uh, streak going, yeah, yeah, no, no, he again, he was liked in a he was again the kind of an antihero. He's I don't just think the he, crowd favorite. I that's yeah, they all got me. Can I say so, that's, that's pretty much what my whole bench is? Oh, wait, never mind. I, I can't say anything. Never mind. Yeah, because I think they they tried to make him. I think they they put him against enough people that made him into a face, even though he came in as a heel. Like, I think he came in to really, like, put a hurting on the, the current squad that was out there from the yeah. faces. And then um, I think as he they were trying to find a groove for him, then they had, like, you know, the whole thing with Yokozuna with the casket match. Um, and Kamala then, with the casket match. Kamala. And then they brought in, um, remember they brought in Giant Gonzalez to be, yeah. like, <laughs> again, to like be his his opponent. They brought him in at like, a, uh, I think it was maybe a Royal Rumble, maybe WrestleMania. It was definitely, Res was it WrestleMania 8? Might have been later, but Harvey, Harvey Whippleman brings him in. And he just like steps okay. over the top rope and he gets face to face with Undertaker and they're like, Whoa, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, that weird bodysuit on. Oh. Yeah, face to shoulder. Yeah. He was, I think Gonzalez was, was a big but dude. Undertaker's a great choice, but you have to pick gray Undertaker or purple Undertaker. Oh, purple Taker. Purple Taker, definitely. Yeah, more flair. I like that. Buried alive matches. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, him and Mankind in the mid, mid to late nineties, those are my favorites. Yeah. I, I still, oh, I still remember when they did the the top of the cage, and when they talked to Undertaker after, and he said, Mick said, "Let's fight on the top of the cage." He said, and I said, "No," and he said, he comes out and he looks up and he just says, "Fuck, Mitch, what the fuck?" because yeah. <laughs> so he didn't want to climb at the top of the cage. He they, he didn't think it would support their weight. And Mick said fine and then climbed to the top of the cage because he came out first and Undertaker came out second and was <laughs> super fucking pissed. Funny story about that. That was the first pay-per-view I ever watched. Because really? like, when I was a kid, I, I wasn't... a great one to start with. 
Yeah, I wasn't that big into it. Like, I was a Bret Hart fan, but, you know, I'd watch every now and then I'd go over to, like, John Tucker's or something and you know, watch Superstars. But um, uh, I think it was over at Ryan Chandler's. It was uh, after uh, a Samurai Fallout practice. And we're like, oh, let's order the pay-per-view. It was King of the Ring um, in 98, I believe. And um, I was like, oh, shit, this is... I, there was like the headbangers on there. And I was like, oh, that's cool. They're punk-ish. Yeah. And uh, so I was, I was getting into it. I'm like, oh, all of a sudden this cage comes down. And then all of a sudden these guys run up there. They're fighting. And then this guy just gets thrown off. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And then choke slammed through the cage. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then after that was the um, Austin Kane match where he set Kane on fire. <laughs> Yeah, it was the first blood match. Yeah, with uh, Austin versus Kane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Undertaker classic. Post the yeah. whole table full of tacks. Oh, my dad! No, he did not get. Uh, he did not get set on fire because that was. Uh, he would have set himself on fire if he lost, but that was the one day championship of uh, Kane. Who do you think was more scared of tax, mankind or MC Hammer? <laughs> God, Mick Foley always was definitely Whenever they came out, he was always in the tax. He was always the one that knocked was knocked into it because he Someone brought it every time. Face the one he'd bring in a friggin' box of tax and leave it over in the Triple corner. H. Like, oh, what's that? A box of tax? Oh no! Didn't Triple H get face planted in the tax once? I feel yeah, like yeah, he did take. Or wait, no, didn't. Uh, wasn't it Jericho too? Maybe yeah, Jericho, I think, did also. Yeah, or maybe it was Edge it or Edge. Yeah, no, Edge. Edge Edge had a bunch of those matches where we watched one. Remember, you ever seen one clip of him just sitting up and looking around like Taxon's face? <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I think that was that ECW match where it was. Um, uh, fuck, I know it was. Um, Terry Funk, Funk and Man. Terry, yeah, Terry Funk and Cactus Jack versus Edge and Sabu. No, I can't think of who. Uh, oh, yeah, I should have picked Sabu. That's when when, when when Terry Funk's eyelid gets caught on like a piece of barbed wire and rips it open, and he, his Ooh. eyes just bleeding. And they had to they pull they had to pull him off the match. Then all of a sudden, you just see him come back <laughs> out with a fucking comical bandage wrapped around his head. He's just bleeding. We <laughs> like, I can't see Mick. <laughs> oh no maybe it was maybe terry funk terry funk was on was with someone else but i think it was edge and cactus jack were together i think that, that might have been the match oh shit yeah terry you're funk, right funk but i can't remember who was with terry Sabu. Funk. no what god damn it jerry wasn't Sabu. no it was in the wwf i think no this was an ecw pay-per-view they did a crossover. It was when uh, oh, RVD fought was John, one Cena. John Cena. Well, it was at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Nice. I'm going to use like, my phone so that I don't shut the audio down. Yeah, figure out who his partner was. If it's Sabu, I'm going to laugh my ass off. What should Not I be Sabu. looking for? What do you want me to write? Um, look up... One night um, Kane, Cactus Jack, Terry no, Funk. Edge, Cactus Jack. Very funk. Uh, oh yeah. Remember the hardcore belt? It was just an old broken world title that they put duct tape on. 
and then wrote hardcore on it. Loved that belt. Or is it that Edge just came out and speared one of them? I can't remember. It might have just been started it. It might have been just Cactus Jack versus Terry Funk, and then Edge came out and like speared one of them through a flaming table or something. I don't even. And he had a motorcycle helmet on. He took it off. I think that's what happened. Oh, the Tommy Dreamer one was that the one you're talking about? Tommy Dreamer had nothing to do with it. I don't even think it was in the building. This is the match that I'm seeing, which was Edge, uh, Mick Foley, Edge and Lita versus Terry Funk, Tommy Dreamer, and who's the chick? Oh, yeah, it was Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. That makes sense. They were all easy. Don't worry, I'm used to it. Was definitely an amazing wrestler. (laughs) Yeah, you also picked Hulk Hogan and the Giant Force. That's true. Oh, he's back. Well, I also picked he wrestles again? double the people because uh, WrestleMania. Oh my god, I didn't know Edge was back. He just wrestled at the main event of WrestleMania against uh, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. Oh no shit. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. All right, well, I thought he couldn't wrestle anymore. <clears throat> Wait, did Andy get Andy do his last pick? No. I'm, Listen, I'm not picking that I'm jumping in here because I've got a choice that needs to be said. Okay. So I thought about this long and hard because there's a lot of there's a lot of assholes out there, right? That could mm-hmm. easily take the spot. But bad guys. A lot of bad guys. No, it's not a hint. Oh. This isn't Jeopardy, Jared. Um but I think what makes a great heel? Like really what makes a great heel? And I think that's you hate this person so much you want to see them get beat up. That's kind of the point of the heel is that like you can't just have all good guys in wrestling because it's not interesting anymore. You need to have the guys that you really want to lose. And I think it was around a time that created enough animosity that this wrestler, I think is probably one of the most hated of all time. Um, or at least up there. I know there was, there's others that were definitely hated, but, um, he was a short, for a short-term title holder, it wasn't Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> Jared's not, I know you're. I know you're waiting. Um, and just created that us versus them mentality when it came to the United States as a country, and um, I think really played on that that dynamic, and so. Um, I don't know who you hate more um, than the I'll fuck you and make you humble, uh, the Iron Sheik. Great pick. Yep. Great wrestler. Um, and I think what uh, that's sort of when Hulkamania was born is that, that Hulk Hogan versus Iron Sheik match. And um, it's like the only time Sergeant Slaughter was actually halfway a face, too, right? <laughs> That's the only time people liked him when he was against the Iron Sheik, pretty much. And until ah. he until he until turned, turned into yeah. the uh, Iraqi, um, what do they call him? Uh, sympathizer. Yeah, he like came out and he was yeah. all like on the Iraq side, and people were like sending him death threats and stuff. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, the Iron Sheik. Um, I think he was super hated. I think he's gotten some fanfare because he's done so many like different radio shows and stuff, and people think he's hilarious, even though he's like very fucked up. Um, but he was actually a really good wrestler, like a very like he was he was like a strong man. You know, he really was a 
was uh, an impressive um you know athlete um but great wrestler um and just a perfect villain um i think he played the heel role so well that um i think you got to think of technical abilities you got to think of uh stage presence you got to think of hatred all those things make a great heel and uh i think that i've taken the best of the best Ooh, i agree amazing character now let's get to the better wrestler i i uh i i love the pick eric um this one's late in the 90s i don't know if you would even think of this guy but as a main eventer what about kurt angle okay he was he was one of the guys he's still going to right was he a face kurt angle no he was a heel Especially in the early part, like because he was so yeah, yeah he was the I'm, Mr. I'm Perfect healed. thing, right? He came out as the little Olympian. I'm better yeah. than you. Intelligence, kinda. integrity. I forget what the other I was. Intelli- intelligence, integrity. Uh, just think of uh, just think of all the different brands of uh, or the different types of Sobe water. I think it's one of those. Yeah, <laughs> passion, integrity, uh, I, that, and passion that was, fruit. That was a great one, and. Uh, yeah, there was just so many good heels. I think, like, as the 90s came on, I think, like, there was more, you know, heel main eventers there, um, especially champions. Yeah. With the Shawn Michaels, and then when Brett turned. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, the faces at WCW. There's really yeah. only one. There's only one that I can pick. He's like, he's like the Hulk Hogan of uh, the WWF. He was a surfer for a while, also from Venice Beach, California. Then there was like a year and a half where he didn't talk at all, but he had a baseball bat. He would just hang out in the rafters. I mean, late 90s, we were all goth kids. So was this guy. It's Sting. It's Sting. Hell yeah. <laughs> He's always going to be on the top. Yeah. World champion. Um, he was always, you know, the heartbeat of WCW. Agreed. I think if you, it, if, if you like, just if if you say the word W, or I guess not a word, but if you say WCW, um, the first person I think of is Sting. Yeah, um, I think it would be Ric Flair to Sting for me. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. I, a lot of my memories of Ric Flair are actually from the WWF. That was like the time I watched it. Real like. <laughs> I watched like you know every single show um during he was on like what like 92 to 94 or something yeah WF for a bit so he that was like a really kind of prime time for me so i i actually remember him more from wwf even though yeah i know he was like the you know more of a heavyweighter in the WWF. and you're you're right though because rick did go to the wwf uh dusty went to the wwf those guys were you know, two of the pillars in WCW, Arn Anderson, you know, right. pretty much anybody in the uh, Horseman um, that went over. It's strong. Yeah. Um, but yes, thing, I mean, he did end up in like uh, 2016, 2017, ended up going to the WWF for like a year or so, but he like broke his neck and it was bad. Lost yeah, there for one or two years and retired, and he had to retire in fucking WWF of all places. 
He's back. Oh, good. There you go. <laughs> Is he in AEW? Yeah. He actually wrestled. Would they do more like they did like a cinematic match, but it was pretty awesome. And he's like, and they kind of work it in. So it does give that WCW kind of feel to it. Like that all of a sudden, like things there to kind of like enforce the, the, the virtues and everything. And, uh, you know, kind of bring balance to, uh, the forest there. And, and that, that's the thing that I really remember is, um, him, the Thanos version. Yeah, like when he was feuding with the NWO, and like he was there to kind of keep the balance of it, and he was the the heartbeat of WCW. Definitely and the biggest feud fake. with Vader too, though. I mean, he had classic yep. matches with Vader. I mean, he was the WC the face of WCW. He absolutely- had a great feud with yeah. Cactus. Too, you know, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he he was just the all around uh, good guy. Yeah. Face of the uh, face of the uh, the whole entire um, organization. There, I can say that more confidently that yeah, Sting was the face of WCW than I can think of anybody that was really the face of WWF. Ooh, uh, I'm gonna wait until after uh, Andy makes his pick. That's true. There, right. There's so, one guy I think of, and well, there's um, only. Let, let's um let's have you make your final pick and then um we probably should wrap it up because we might run kind of long um okay we can certainly still talk about it but i feel like uh for episode's sake i think we're gonna run really long at this point if we if we do like all of our you know mentions and all that honorable mentions and stuff so yeah let's uh or we'll just wrap it up with the uh the last on the list we're all waiting patiently i don't even uh, I have an idea, but I, I have no idea where you're going to go with this one, Andy. Well, I mean, there's only one person you can go with. I mean, he is the dirtiest player in the game. He carries brass knuckles <laughs> in the tiniest underpants you've ever seen. And you wonder yeah. how they stay in there and don't hurt your penis or your balls. Oh, they do. It's the That's nature the secret. boy, Ric Flair. The man. Woo! Woo! You can't, I, I, he was my first pick and i was like i'm gonna go big with my heavyweight and i was like the only person i can think of that's a heel is rick flair i mean pulling out those brass knuckles hitting you sliding them back in his pants i mean come on oh and if you're creating a stable who's the best leader of a stable yeah you you rick flair definitely the most violent exactly and he's 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 great on the mic um just like jericho is but he's he's your top of the pick he's he's great on the mic like vader's not i mean kevin hall and scott nash are great but i mean they need a strong leader on the mic you know and and your chris jericho i mean he's your he's your wild card a little bit too he's you know your young buck so he's gonna needs to be good on the mic too and you got the the scott hall and kevin nash to keep him in line or vader to keep him in line you know underneath Thumb of Rick Flair. Oh, that's right. So, can you just recap? You got Flair, Vader, Jericho, and the Outsiders. Outsiders. I was thinking Raven instead of Vader, but I was like, nah, because Chris Jericho is also kind of a wild card because he's great on the mic. So, I needed to bump Raven down and I needed to pick someone who could just 
keep Jericho in line and there's no one better than Vader to just yeah, be Switch. at the side of Ric Flair. You know what I mean? Like he's his muscle and you have your, 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 you know, your awesome tag team of the outsiders, but they're not going to mess with Flair, their boss, because he's got Vader, you know, he's got Vader right there. And then you got your Chris young Jericho. buck, Chris Jericho, who's got to stay in line. Classic heel. It's a, it's a pretty strong stable there. So uh, does everyone remember there? So you want to do a quick recap? Yeah. Yep. So Andy gave us his recap. Um, let's go to um... Bill. Let's do Bill. Let's do reverse yep. order this time just because I did my recap already. All right. So Sting is going to be my main eventer. Uh, my tag team is uh, the Road Warriors. Um my uh, up and comer is Ray Mysterio, and uh, my enforcer was Rick Steiner. Go blue. Which I want to say that our stables are, would actually have really good matches, minus the the enforcer, because yeah. Jericho and Mysterio had great matches. I think our tag teams would be pretty okay, and Ric Flair and Sting would be awesome matches. The only where it would be kind of outweighed is the enforcer because Vader yeah. would crush your guy. But not not going <laughs> together. I mean, come on, that we worked two pretty good opposite stables without even communicating. Like if we communicated, That's we could true. come up with some fucking phenomenal shit. Yeah. All right, and my my group was uh, my tag team was the Heart Foundation. I had nice. Bam Bam Bigelow as an enforcer. My up-and-comer slash sous chef was my Mr. Perfect. And then we had our heavyweight champ of Iron Sheik. I love that team, too. That's a great team. My uh, tag team was the Bushwhackers. Nice. My enforcer was Macho Man Randy Savage. Nice. Up-and-comer was Shawn Michaels. And my heavyweight was uh, Purple Taker. Very nice. No Hulk Hogan. Which is awesome because he's a racist fuck. So we're fuck only him. doing four, and here's the whole thing: is I had two lists of five for the yeah. '80s and for the '90s, so I got all mixed up. But hey, it's good, I kept getting confused. And you're like, we're talking about the '80s. I'm like, Jared, are you like being a purist? I don't know what you're doing. Well, I, I misunderstood what you were saying about the list. I thought you were doing an '80s and a '90s list. Well, yeah, I guess it's easy to interpret. Andy kept saying it has to be from the '80s and the '90s. But yeah, I think you're saying, or and the nineties or eighties okay. or the 90s. Boolean matters. So. Yeah, just because my thing was like, hey, after the nineties, WCW is not around, and it's like, I don't really know any of the AEW wrestlers. Like, I guess I could have put Christian in there, but I mean, that wouldn't help me at all either, Andy. It's just a, you just know how much we're picking from. So, well, either way, I, 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 it was nice to remember some wrestlers that I forgot about and hearing them on the list tonight. So, yeah. well, Papa Shango, see, I didn't get to put him anywhere. Oh, uh, but Papa okay, Shango. so I got a quick but he's question. He's a heel, wasn't he? I probably he that's what I'm saying is I couldn't even use him. I was like, I wanted to use him. <laughs> he just likes to, he's like, say, Papa Shango. Yeah. Or didn't he like poison or he like put a spell or something on the Ultimate Warrior and the Ultimate Warrior yeah. puking? Like, <laughs> yeah, we were like all Saturday worms. That's when he came out with all worms. All right. But okay, I, I I only heard a piece of this and I don't know, I can't put my finger on what the match was, but there was something where there was some sort of like main event match that Papa Shango was supposed to come out and like disrupt, but he missed his cue and never came out until the match was over. <laughs> 
can we uh, we got to look that up or something because i'm very <laughs> curious to see what that was but um probably for for another time all right i think this is going to conclude our episode here um it was nice to talk uh wrestling and we will definitely be doing it again yes um, i've got, got a, a whole lot of four more wrestlers to use up exactly jared's got a whole list of them that <laughs> good to go for the next one I think uh, what we should try to do is um, maybe pivot and do maybe some music uh, for next Zoom. Um, we can discuss offline, but expect possibly a music topic for next week. Um, all you listening, one person. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. All right, y'all. Well, we're signing off here. Everyone, make sure you uh, like and subscribe. Okay, that's YouTube. Never mind. Just uh, listen to our podcast, please. <laughs> tell your friends. God. Tell all your, yes, friends. Tell your friends to listen to some people in their late 30s, early 40s talk about wrestling. That's from the age everything, age. isn't it? I know you just said that, but Bill popped up like the fucking cripples. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I sign up? Me in my 30s? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why I said early 40s. I was like, wait, oh, we got Bill here. Fair enough. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Yeah. Peace.